This morning, we are still going to continue in the series of restoration. And I titled this message, the slides are there. I just named it um, Nehemiah. And the title is called Rebuilding the Broken Wall. Rebuilding the Broken Wall. Church, what did I say? Rebuilding the Broken Wall. Please, can you show the next picture there? Rebuilding the Broken Wall. That is the wall. I have a few pictures there that we are going to see. So that is a wall that is broken. So let's assume this is the wall that Nehemiah wants to build. You know? But in our lives as well, we all have walls, in quotes, that we want to build. That is broken. That was once strong. That was once that had strength at some point. But something somehow opened, happened and it became like this. Looking at this wall, anything, anyone can go in, in through this wall at any point in time. But as I'm talking, please, I beg you by the message of God, I want you to think of that particular thing that represents the broken wall. I want us to move to the next picture. For some people, it could be something like this. There are two different pictures. This way I've heard, I just decided to post these pictures and let us see. This is a troubled marriage. This is a marriage that they once went to the altar together and they said, I do. But at some point, things started happening. This is a broken wall. It's not all until we carry bricks and cement that we want to rebuild. But this is a wall that needs to be broken. Is this happening? Yes, it is happening. Can it be mended? Of course, it can be, by the special grace of God. But we have, you know, if you want to be truthful, we need to identify what is my broken wall. Because we've prayed so many prayers, brethren, on restoration. What actually are you restoring? Which area are you focusing on? Because it seems to me that we are loading everything on God. We are loading everything on God. What do you want to restore? We need to begin to identify it one by one. The second picture says, the second picture, it says somebody here. He says, he or she is a loser. God forbid, not in this assembly. But do you know there are times that we look at it you look at your career. I've been here for donkey years. What have I achieved? Is it business that I started? Is not working well? Is it because as a result of a broken relationship, the trust has gone? The love has gone? There is a hole even in the heart as a result of what things that has happened. These are broken walls that we want to identify and build. We've identified there is a broken wall. We need to build. Praise the Lord. Those holes, those broken walls will be mended in the name of Jesus. But we need to be transparent and be truthful about it. That what do I want to build? Because in such a situation, okay, I left one out. 
spiritual dryness. Spiritual dryness. Spiritual dryness. I remember the day I gave my life to Christ. Oh my God. It was like I want rapture to, I mean, to come that day. I was so excited. I was so happy. The weeks, the days beyond. Oh my God. Everything. I was just blowing tongue all over the place. Everybody knew I got born again. Because there was so much excitement. If you can remember too, how about now? Are we still excited that we are born again? Are we still excited? Are we still flourishing? Are we still bubbling? If that is not the case, there is a wall that is broken and has to be mended. So whichever way this brokenness has come in, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. The first point I said here is that rebuilding, now we've identified different walls. You know your own, even the words I didn't mention. You know your own, but I want you to begin to identify it. Rebuilding or the process of restoration requires lots of effort. It requires lots of effort. For example, I'm just building a house. I'm excited I'm building a house. I carry, I build it, I use everything. But something along the line happened and it broke. The wall fell. Sometimes I will remember there is a psychological mark. There, because of all the efforts that I've put in, all the money, all the people that I use, you know, building initially. And you are so excited about it. Something happened. It didn't go the way you planned. To now go back and rebuild, brethren, requires a lot of effort. We need to face it. If you have a marriage that is not going on the same way you wanted it to be, it requires much more effort to go back and rebuild. Why? Because it is dented. Why? Because I can just wake up and remember what happened thousands of years ago. What this man did thousands of years ago. Now, how do you overcome that barrier? It requires a lot of effort. It requires ruggedness. It requires determination. And that is why Nehemiah came in. If you look at the book of Nehemiah, there's lots, brethren, I cannot even touch one-tenth of the lessons in, the, in this book of Nehemiah. I would just suggest that you please take your time and go through it. It is loaded, really loaded with what we can relate with in this time. It is really loaded. But what I'm trying to say is that rebuilding or the process of restoration requires a lot of effort, perseverance, determination, grace to rise above every negative thought that reminds you of what has happened in the past. We need to rise above that. Probably something you failed before and you now keep remembering this because this has happened before. Will it not happen again? Eh, will it, what can I, can I, can I ever overcome it? All those thoughts, it requires the grace of God. It requires, you know, determination to say, I want to move on. I give you an example of myself. I just found out, and this scripture dropped that I'm complaining too much these days. Too much of murmuring, too much of complaining. I like the song Sister Florence sang. So I just woke up that day and I say, this day, this day, I address myself, today, is a day of thanksgiving day. No matter what happens, no matter the thought, no matter what I see, 
is a thanksgiving day. Not even prayer. Brethren, it took a lot of effort. From morning till night. But I went home relieved. I was so excited in my spirit mind that truly, if you see, brethren, if you take time to look around, there are 101 things to give thanks to God for. But look at it that today, as the thoughts are coming, they are just flowing with the thought. Many people go home depressed. Many people go home down. So it takes energy. It takes a lot of effort to say no. So as the thoughts are coming, I'll turn you to Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, because you are more than able. You have done it for A. You have done it for B. You are more than able. Throughout the day, it takes a lot of effort, determination. And we can all do it. We can all do it. If it's that marriage, remember when it was sweet. Remember and say, I want this marriage to be sweet. By force, by fire. Because if we are beginning to flow with the flow of things, we will sit down there. The world will not be built. There will not be peace. The life we will not enjoy. That was the essence. We need to move past the wall. Praise the Lord. I said, as seen in the life of Nehemiah, though he faced lots of opposition, he still pressed forward to achieve his goal. He was interested in the welfare of his brethren. He was a man of prayer. He was a man with good attitude. He was a good planner. He was a good team player. Those are lots of them. This is just a summary of, of, of everything. So point two, my point, the first point is that you need a lot of energy. We need determination. The point two says, in some cases, it is essential to visit the site of the rain. Nehemiah 2.13. In the book of Nehemiah 2.13, the Bible says, while Nehemiah was serving, we know where he's serving. He was, he had about his brethren. They told him the situation of things. He cried. He wept. He fasted. He was sad, just like I hear something bad or something negative happened. I'm not happy. I cry. I fast. I do everything. But he moved past. In 2.13, the Bible says, And I went out by night by the gate of valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung pot, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gate thereof were consumed with fire. So what am I saying with this? In another interpretation, another version, it says he inspected. He inspected the place of the rain, where thing, that thing happened. It means that he went to the source. What happened? I'm not going to the source to sit. I have passed that realm, that time of weeping. Now I am going to face it. What do I need now to build? What do I need in this marriage? What is what really happened? Now we are going to agree that now this is not time to assign blame. It's this time to address what are the issues on ground. You want your marriage to be restored. These are things we need to face. You need your career to be restored. What happened? Why did I fail? Um, is this even the best line for me? Is this what God told me? Is this, does it fit me as a person? Go and visit it. Assess yourself. Visit it to move on, not to sit down. Visit it to know the right. When you visit a site of the ruin, okay, what are we going to put together now? Maybe the strength of the cement we used before was weaker. Now we need stronger one. We need the right materials to build. That is the purpose. Visit this site. Visit that area that there are issues. 
So we know the right ingredients. We know the right items to put together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So like I said, it's not a time to assign blame. It's a time to address what went wrong. What went wrong. In my business, do I need to review exactly what happened in the business? Why did it fail? Do I need somebody else to join me? Do I need an expert? Do I need a counselor? What is it? As we identify these issues that we are going through, let us identify what I can do. God will do his part. We need to do our part. And that's why I'm saying we are lumping everything on God. If you learn learning, looking at the life of Nehemiah, he prayed, oh, several times. Several times. And that is why we are using uh, Nehemiah chapter 4. We are going to see the sequence of events. The sequence of events in that chapter 4. This man prayed. He worked as well. Health. I put it there. Many may be having challenges with their health. Or you don't even have. But we pray that we not have in the name of Jesus. I put a question here. Have you gone for your yearly check? Check up. Have we gone? How many of us have gone for a yearly checkup? How many of us have booked an appointment? I have booked an appointment. How many of us have not even gone at all? See. See. Where do you know where to target prayer? I'm mean, saying God restore. You remember the, the pastor that came from Ed meeting? He went to check up for a checkup. They identified an issue. What did he do? He prayed. It's not that he didn't pray. But he was not just firing aimlessly. He knew what he was facing. He focused on his health. And the testimony came. Brethren, we have a role to play. I have a role to play. We have a role to play. In this restoration. That's why I want us to break it down. To my own restoration. What am I doing it? Write it down. Inspect it. What are the steps to be taken? Do I need help from someone? Do I need to ask questions from people? God will do his part, brethren. You could be your first prayer point is God lead me to the person that can even talk to, that can help me. That's a prayer point. And this morning when daddy uh, he spoke about continue, uh, continuing education, it's part of it, brethren. God will do his part. We have to do our part in our restoration. The Lord restores in the name of Jesus. So, Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to look at it. Um, sequence of events. Now, because I already said that when we're looking at the life of Nehemiah, I relate with it a lot. Many of us, we go through issues. And we have prayed, and we are praying. It's like something is not happening. Reverend, no, things are happening. The opposition is just going there to reinforce themselves. And what do we do too? We reinforce our prayer. Praise the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 1 to 3. It says here. I will paraphrase some. Then we will read some. There is a question here that stood out for me in verse 2. If you can please go to verse 2. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria. And said, what do these feeble Jews what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? The last question says, will they revive? 
the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned. When I read this statement, it makes me to remember the value of the dry bones. It's just like somebody asking you, do you think these bones that are dry, these bones were once living, will they ever come out alive? Can they ever live? And brethren, the enemy might be asking you, do you think you can revive this marriage? Do you think this career can ever revive? Do you think you can ever be lively and happy and be joyful again? Will they? That is the question here. That is the question. But remember where is the question come, coming from? From the enemy. And it could even come from your thoughts. Will I ever be this again? Remember the other one, the other guy here that said he's a loser. Will they, will they ever happen again for me? That is the question. But Nehemiah 4 says, Hear, O God, for we are despised and depraved, in short. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 4 to 5. So in Nehemiah 1 to 3, we hear the voice. We hear the questions. Will you ever amount to anything? And 4 to 5, there was a prayer that was rendered. Nehemiah 4, 6, there was action. So we built the wall after prayer. Nehemiah, after the prayer, the Bible says, so we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to walk. Ruggedness. Ruggedness. I have a mind to build this marriage. I have a mind to build this career. First, prayer. Second, it went to action. After prayer, he has been praying since Nehemiah chapter 1. That's when the prayer started. If you read through it, prayer is still going on. He got to chapter verse 7 to 8 again because he just finished praying and he started building. Opposition came again, verse 7. But it came to pass that when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdod heard that the walls of Jerusalem, they heard that the marriage is flourishing. Ah, they are trying to. Oh, you are making efforts. They saw that there is development. They were very, very angry. They were very, very angry. Brethren, this happened in our lives. We may not see the Sambalat physically, and in some cases, we see them physically. But they happen in the workplace. As you are praying, and they will come, the unfriendly ones. You know, they, it happens. They were very, very angry. And they conspired all of them together and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Verse 9, what happened again? Opposition came. If you go to verse 9, what happened? What happened? What happened? They prayed. They prayed. The man started with prayer. That's why I'm saying, I said it's sequence of events. I'm not going into details of everything that happened there. It's just the sequence that we are looking at here. They prayed. Opposition came. They're building. They are praying again. Opposition arose. So brethren, at times when we are praying, they think, oh, it's like the prayer is not working. It is, brethren. But this is what happened. Then, okay, you really want to go? They come again. They come again. And what does that tell me and you? 
We need to reinforce our prayer life, brethren. We need to. We need to. We need to. Maybe that's a, 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 a way to restore. Another area of restoration for someone like me. I want to pray more than ever before. We need to. He says, thank you. He says, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Two things. So that's what I'm saying. You don't lump everything onto God. You have a role to play. You play your part, God plays his part. If one is lacking, then we say there is no restoration. Or we say God is a liar. God is not a liar. God is not a liar. He says, nevertheless, we made our prayer known unto God and set a watch. We need to set a watch. Set a watch. Husband and wife. I don't know why I'm just saying husband and wife. Husband and wife in the house. Let us watch one another. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm being careful with what I'm saying here. I'm not saying be suspicious. In your spiritual life, if you think something is, my husband is not praying as he used to be. Is that you fire your prayer or you address it? Let's pray together. Watch. Let us watch. Let us watch. How is he fearing? How is she fearing spiritually? Once the spiritual life is broken, a bro spiritual world is broken, things start coming in. Unnecessary things start coming in. We need to, we need, we need to set our watch. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So, nevertheless, stood out for me. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, even though there was opposition, Nehemiah said, no, regardless of what you are doing, I'm still going to pray. Regardless of what I'm saying, I'm still going to pray. Even though it seems the prayer is not working, I'm still going to pray. Regardless, nevertheless, at thy word, I have toyed all night. It seems nothing is working, but nevertheless, I will still do it. Regardless, they still prayed. Nehemiah 4, still in the same chapter, verses 10 to 13. I put it there together. He said, works of the enemy exposed. That's, I just put it there. And he says, and Judah said, the strength of the bearers of body is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. Verse 11. And our adversaries said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. Verse 12. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, for all places whence you shall return unto us, they will be upon you. I'm thinking verse 13, that's where I'm going to now. Therefore, no, let me see here. It says, the, that scripture says, the Lord exposed. Yeah, verse 15. And it came to pass, when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we return all us to the work, everyone unto his work. So what am I saying here? The prayed, they started building. The works of the enemy was exposed. The, even though that happened, that still did not ex, uh, stop them. But what am I saying here? You keep praying. Things happen. You keep praying. Things happen. We did not see the hand of the Lord tie all the sambalat. He didn't glue them anywhere. That, okay, let me house them somewhere. Let me imprison them. And so you can build freely. No, 
That was not the case. They were still coming in with their opposition while prayer was still going on, but God was exposing them. The Lord will expose all the strategies of the enemy in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, be sober. I put it here. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the enemy, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking home to the to devour. Because in verse 11, he says, the enemy planned that let us sneakily come into their midst so that they will not know. We will slay them and cause the work to cease. The enemy is looking out there, brethren, looking for whom to devour, but we will not be devoured in the name of Jesus. 13 to, uh, verses 13 to 22 of that scripture says again, God gave counsel and strategy, and strategy to build. Like I said, we all have different needs. We all have different issues. My prayer this morning is that the Lord will give you the strategy to build your own wall in the name of Jesus. The Lord gave Nehemiah the strategy to build here. They were harmed. Some stood around. Some were harmed. Some were walking. That's the strategy that God gave Nehemiah to build. They are building a wall. That strategy is different from what you need. But what we are asking for here is that the Lord will give us insight into the strategy that you need to build your own wall. The strategy will not just drop. We need to work for it in the sense that remain connected, brethren. That word will come. Remain connected. That verse, that scripture, that insight, that understanding that you need will come. But the enemy is fighting tooth and nail that we are not connected. And it requires lots of effort. You know? It requires a lot of effort that we will not be derailed. But we will not be derailed in the name of Jesus Christ. Remain connected. Remain connected. Say to your neighbor, remain connected. Remain connected. Verse 14 says, And I looked and I rose up and said unto the neighbors and to the rulers, And I am telling you this morning, Be not you afraid of them. Be not you afraid of what is going on around you. Remember who? Remember who? We are not looking at the scripture. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. When those thoughts come, when those urge come, when that discouragement come, tell yourself, remember the Lord. It's not just an ordinary Lord. The Lord that is great and terrible. The Lord will fight for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what am I saying this morning? Restoration will come. We have a role to play. God has a role to play. Do not be discouraged if you think I'm not seeing it. It is coming. It is there. Just as we look here in the sequence of events in the life of this man, they prayed, opposition come, they will beat a little bit, opposition will come, you know, they pray. And it's not that they were not praying, they were praying. And they built the wall. So every hole in our lives, every gap in our life, the Lord will build and mend in the name of Jesus Christ. So the last verse is a summary, like I said. The last verse, I'm going to verse 23. For it to make sense, I'll go to 22 and verse 23. It says, likewise, at the same time, I said unto the people, let everyone with his servants lodge within Jerusalem, 
that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. Something dropped in, in me when I read this scripture, that what kind of clothes are you wearing? So they, they were wearing, he's talking about the physical clothes. But now, there's a scripture that I put here in Colossians 3. He says, put on therefore. These are clothes that you don't need to remove and wash. Let it stay on you. As you are looking for, as we are striving, as we are rebuilding. He said, put it on therefore as the elect of God. Holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. In the process of restoration, brethren, you need all this. In the process of showing kindness, just like Ruth showed kindness to Naomi, there was result. There was reward at the end of the day. Just like Peter did not catch anything all day long, he was humble enough. He lent out his both. There was a reward. There was harvest. So in the process of, let me, Jare, have my own issues. You are doing it alone. You are doing it alone. No. Extend the hand of help to somebody. You never know where that restoration will come forth. You never know. So I'm admonishing us this morning that in your pursuit for restoration, in your pursuit for rebuilding, extend the hand of help to people along the way. He said, bowers of mercies, let it not depart from you. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Praise the Lord. I'm reading Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. If you can please help us project it. Let all these beautiful virtues, let it not depart from you. Because you need it all along. Verse 14 says, and above all things, put on charity. Which is what? Which is what? Put on what? Charity. Charity. Charity covers multitude of what? Of sins. Charity. We need it in this house. Charity. We need it in our lives. Charity. We need it wherever we go. Charity. Let it not depart from us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. Then we will pray. We have talked about what we want to put on. Now we want to talk about what we don't want. What, what garments to remove. He says, so put to death. Oh, sorry, I'm using NLT. Can we read that in NLT? There are some big, big grammars there. In NLT, he said, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. You are praying for restoration. You want good things for God and we are toying with sin, restoration is a mirage. Unless we put all these things off. 
He said, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of the world. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. For me, my take-home, I don't know what your take-home is. I know it's a life of battle, but victory lies ahead. And that is why we sang that song, that Jesus, he has conquered. He has conquered all. In that Colossians chapter 3, there is a scripture that I love so much, again, that we are going to read. And we are going to pray. He says, Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. Colossians 2, 14 to 15. He says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having done what? And having spoiled. My scripture says, spoiled. He said, he disarmed. Hallelujah. And having spoiled principalities and power, he made the show of them how? Openly. He did it openly, triumphing over them in it. The Lord has given us victory. Whether Sambalat, whether Tobias, whichever way they name themselves, whichever way they choose to come, the Lord has given us victory. All we need is strength brethren, to carry on. I want us to rise on our feet. 